0: What's going on everyone? It is Wednesday, March 31st. My name is Everage Lorm. Welcome to the Volleyball Source Podcast. Today we have a guest that you all probably know and love. He's the one, the only, mister One 5'1VB, Daniel Manili, joining us on his March break, if you will,
1: uh, over in, in <laughs> Europe. Um, Dan, how are you? Good. We've got a nice sunny week here in Luxembourg. Absolutely beautiful over here uh, in the old continent. Uh, lots of volleyball this week as well. So always a good week with me. How are you, Everett? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh,
0: not so sunny here in Toronto. Actually, right now it's it's starting. It's still cloudy, but it's brighter than it's been all day. So that's a that's that's definitely a plus. <laughs> Um, but yeah other than that Always. doing doing pretty good uh some pretty decent games to to watch today um but yeah the past few weeks we've just had a lot of volleyball to watch it's been fun it's been exciting the discord chat has been lively uh definitely hands down like the best it's ever been and i mean you would know since you are like the, the tr- like one of the truest of ogs of the dis- discord chat you were i mean y- actually you were like the og of the discord chat because you started the original one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the whole idea was we did a fantasy Italian league volleyball draft, which was a really cool idea. Unfortunately, the execution didn't uh, go 100 percent smoothly, but we got the right people together, and it, and it started a really cool uh, group. So and plus, like yeah, all's well that ends well. The, the majority of those people that we had in our first in the first draft are
0: still very prevalent in the Discord chat. Like it's it's still I like think like everyone. Yeah, I like think everyone. Monty and Tommy and Rob and plenty of others but now we've got over 100 people and it's lively and literally there's people talking kind of 24 7 like it's fun now to for me to wake up and to read the updates of people are that are talking about in, in all of the different leagues and we've got literally experts from around the world it's it's pretty crazy it's a lot of fun
1: yeah it's that secondary discussion that's so important in sports like to discuss the uh, the strategies the transfers everything around it In the past there was no one to talk to about this stuff or at least there was a very limited number of people but now i feel that this completely shifted where it's almost more information than you could even process straight which i absolutely love
0: yeah sometimes there is like way too much information because you've got people who are so ingrained like in poland or in italy or in in different leagues everywhere uh and they just want to share that information and it's 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 been awesome but um what like what let's uh Let's start by talking about some playoff stuff. Um, where we're right in the thick of it right now. Um, pretty much everyone but France. I don't know what's up with France's schedule because we're just getting into the playoff season now. Like they're just starting, but like you know we've we've got semifinals that are getting said and done in in Germany. We we just watch uh, Gdańsk um, lose to Warsaw. Warsaw will be moving on to the semifinals in the PlusLiga. There's a lot of stuff going on. So where where do you want to start? Where do, where do you want to start talking? I'm guessing Italy.
1: Well, I've been, yeah, I've been watching mostly Italy and Poland, I would say, where the, are the two main leagues I've, I've been following the most. Um, yeah, but just on the France that I remember, I did kind of like a recap of where do we stand uh, in all the leagues right now. And then I was doing research on France. And I was like, wait a minute, we have like two weeks of league games left in France. like why what why are they so much later it was was weird yeah
0: it 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 is weird so we'll have to see i think their playoff format is a little bit different i hope or else they're going to be they're going to be going like quite a bit longer than some of the other leagues
1: yeah uh yeah but i'm down to start with italy i mean i just finished both of us just finished watching a, a pretty good match between Monza and, and
0: uh, Perugia. Yeah, that we did. The I mean, the Italian playoffs—they've been already going for a long time because we had the pre- preliminary round. Then we just just wrapped up the quarterfinals. Um, oh no, we just wrapped up just wrapped up the quarterfinals. We are um, into the the semifinals right now. Actually, we have one team done the, in the semifinals. <laughs> as yeah, Parugia, we do. Perugia takes down Monza two zero. Let me oh. Yeah, Super Lego playoff calendar here. I'll pull it up. Perugia takes down Monza two zero in in their series, and I mean it's it's what we expected.
1: Yeah, but it was a couple close calls, especially in that first match. Was uh the you know the three two, four, eight, a couple times, especially in that third set that that uh, Monza you know was leading what, but by uh by quite a bit. But I think I have eight three down in my notes, and uh, yeah, Perugia came back, and then the the fourth set wasn't even a wasn't even the question. Like, give, if they gave away that opportunity, it's over for Monza. What do you
0: What do you think about Perugia right now? I mean, uh, we could t- we could talk about that series, but I think there's a larger discussion to be had here about what Perugia is right now. Because, I mean, it, it would be it, like r- for those who might not know pro volleyball, it th- what we're seeing with Perugia is as if like the Lakers were starting to crumble right now. And that's that's truly what we're seeing because at the beginning, this, well, I mean, at the beginning of the year, they seemed like they were gonna be unstoppable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we, we knew at the beginning of the year too, though, the main issue, which was Dragon Traffic. And it was it is a bit of an experiment because the experiment was we're gonna have like three of the best five servers in all of volleyball on the same team. Everything else doesn't even matter. Like we don't care, we're just gonna set high balls like we're going to pass kind of badly, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're going to serve teams out of games. We're going to hit high balls at over 50% efficiency. But I think the main issue with Perugia has been they don't have an opposite. And I feel like we don't talk about that enough right now because, I mean, they're missing Alexander Adetanis-Savis opposites or players in the sport of volleyball. And granted, Horst, you know, he's doing he's doing fine playing out of position. But, I mean, I think it's, it's gone a little lost here that they're missing – one of their best players, probably the second best player after Wilfredo Leon, and I think that's been really difficult for them to play the style without that third huge server beside uh, Leon and Plutnitsky. I,
0: I definitely agree, but for me, is it, do they not have an opposite? Because realistically on the roster, they have three, right? They have Antanasievic, who's maybe not healthy. We haven't really seen him this year. They've got Shawan Vernon Evans, who realistically we haven't seen since the Supercopa back in September, right, where he started the se- the semifinal against Modena, started the final against Lube. Didn't look great in the final, granted, but then we have hardly seen him since then. It's, it just seems like he's been relegated to the bottom bottom of the bench. They go out and pick up Massimo Jai, and he hasn't worked out. So, like, It's not for not having one, obviously now, as you said, like they're using teister horse, but it's it's not from not the lack of having a, a right side. It's the lack of finding one that's works or, you know, working into a system that allows a right side to, to do something more.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, and I mean, exactly. The the, the right size they have, Maciej Muzai, Schwan. I mean, like, Schwan was, what, fifth in the league last year in scoring. Maciej Muzai was playing big minutes on the Polish national team. They have good players, and I think we'll see this summer where where the blame lies. Is it going to be Vital Hanen? Is it going to be the opposites? And granted, some of the transfer rumors of people coming in, it, it might be the players that get the blame, you know? Or is it the setter, which I think a lot of people have blamed as well? Could be any of those three, and we'll see who gets the uh, who takes the fall.
0: Do you think Haynen is losing the the uh, the locker room?
1: <laughs> I didn't listen. I know uh, you're probably referencing Volleyball Explained. I think had yes, a, a I, video about it. I, yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I, I really need to get get onto that. Um, I mean, I think so. I think he has a very distinct coaching style, which I think can work very well in certain situations, as, as obviously proven. Mm-hmm. Uh, in how much success he's had, but I think it, it can really uh, rub certain players uh, maybe the wrong way. So again, it's impossible to know with these things what happens behind closed doors, and we'll probably never find out. But I can see uh, that that maybe being the issue in, in in volleyball once you lose that. I mean, we saw Lubys' coach uh, had to be fired. Yep. In the middle of a playoff series, yeah, they fired Fife like right at the beginning of the playoffs, Fefe, yeah.
0: and went went out and got Blingini. And I mean, we'll see if that works because they're trailing Trentino uh, one nothing. But before before we get to that, though, you know, um, you you said like we don't know what's going on behind behind closed doors, and that's kind of what's the most interesting. Like, obviously, you know me, and I'm going to look at this. And I'm especially trying to look at this through like the the lens of Shawan Vernon Evans and being like, you know, like
1: Canadian, love that. You
0: you know, like I, I've got to play the yeah. bias. I I I have a a reputation to upkeep. You know, and uh, like one of the things that astounds me is that like I'm trying to look for like reasons elsewhere of why he isn't playing but it seems like every time i see him interacting with teammates or if i see him interacting with guys like it seems like he's well liked within the team you know like you see on instagram like him and him and leon are going to get their haircut the other day haircut i saw that i saw that post as well yeah you know and like like these guys like it's not like shawan isn't isn't accepted on the team and if he didn't fit in like if there was like some chemistry problem why we haven't seen him for he was really that bad I feel like he wouldn't fit in with the team like he, he might be a bit like an outcast but instead like he it seems like he's well liked by the team it seems like he fits in well but we just haven't seen him like we see him sparingly and it, it's it's always just kind of like a, a token like alright showan like go in you're gonna go in to block for this one rotation or like we're in such a bad sh- a, a p- spot right now so we're just gonna put you in and it's whatever
1: for sure. Uh, do you think there's a power struggle between Wilfredo Leon and Witzel Hanin? Because this is what I was thinking. I was like, Shawan and, and Wilfredo Leon seem to be very close, right? Um, so do you think maybe there's a bit of a, a conflict there, potentially, between Leon and... I? Think... speculation. It's speculation. Oh, 100%. Sure. Like, this is all speculation. I think yeah. that
0: there's a power struggle between Travica and between Hainan. It's right. Vincent and Beca- Okay. Yeah, right. because I notice like especially in like let's go back to like the Supercopa at the beginning of the year and once again like watching Shawan Vernon Evans spe- specifically and that you know I, I feel as though like you need, and we've, I've talked about this, especially with you before, about you need to give Shawan a specific type of set. He needs a high-looping set that's going to come into his own and fall straight down, right? He's not about, like, running it fast. And my, real realistically, I don't know if Treviza is able to set that set. Right, the set that he was giving Shawan often yeah. was so fast, and that he, it wasn't giving Shawan time to set up. And this is why I saw that, like his preparation, like he was rushing everything. And especially in transition, like he, it just seemed like he was overthinking it. So to me, it looked like Trevita wasn't able to to set Shawan. That's why they went to to Ter to Horse you can run a faster right side ball. You can set him a shorter ball. And Ter Horse is a volleyball player, so he's just going to be able like to cut that off. And whereas like that set that same set for Shawan, it's Shawan like hitting at his head.
1: I I agree, and I but at the same time, I feel like Shawan if we're gonna put him in this caliber of, you know, he's, he's gonna be a, a starting opposite on a good Italian team. I feel like, he's good, like he should be able to hit a ball even if it's not the exact type of setter that he's used to. I feel like at this point, in, is he 20, 23 yeah, now? I, I just think he hasn't been given the chance, right? He could like be, could like be, we're could talking be. about the Supercopa that happened
0: before the regular season even started, right? That's two games into the season right? And he got the starting job at the, at the beginning of it. He played that first game against Modena, and this is like the funniest thing about it, too, is that Perugia rides, like, they use him as a guy, like, they post him on the Instagram all the time. You go onto their web website, yeah. Shawan <laughs> is all over the place, and yet you go into the games, and you, you you can't see him, right? And so this is what I think, is like, absolutely, do I think Shawan could have figured out that set? 100%, but it just seems like Treviza was just like, and 100%, once again, this is all speculation. This is just what I, I I think and you know if it's right or it's wrong who knows but let's 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 make something up if we have to because we don't know what's going on right and it's just it just seems like Trevito was just like no I'm not comfortable with him like he's not good enough no whatever and, uh, uh, okay. you know, that's huh, yeah. just kind of, and, and at the end of the day, I do think that Heinen is a player's coach. And I do think at the, at the beginning of the season like that, it, it kind of would have been, that would have been Heinen being like, okay, Trevica, I'm going to try to work with you. I'm going to take out, we're going to not use Shawan Vernon Evans there. We're going to put in horse and that's going to be it. And then now it's just too far gone that, you know, it, it, it just hasn't been working out because every time Shawan goes in, like he's not that same confident player that we're used to seeing. And when we, you and I know that like when it's confident, Chawan, like he's one of the world's best.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I'd be shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked if, uh, if Trevitza and Haynan were together, uh, next season. Um, but we'll see, we'll see who Perugia brings in. And I think, uh, maybe this season is a really good opportunity for Chawan. I mean, I'm okay. So on the one hand, yeah, he could get a lot of confidence summer playing, uh, for sure. He'll be in the VNL bubble, uh, I am assume he'll be on, I can't see him not being on the Olympic roster either, but at the same time, given the way Ryan Sclater has been playing, it could be, uh, it's probably Sclater's spot to lose what? at this. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll battle in, they'll battle in practice, they'll battle in, uh, in training camp, but, but, but what do you think?
0: I, I mean I, I tend to agree. I mean I think at the end of the day too, when we're talking about the Canadian national team, that Sclater has earned that spot as the starting right side. We saw it happen in Vancouver at the the Olympic uh, uh, qualifiers. That's the last time we played. But even we saw it a little bit too uh, as well at the Norsica Championships. Um, in in uh, in uh, blah 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 blah. Why am I this? September in in Winnipeg back in in two thousand fifteen or nineteen. But I think at the end of the day that those two guys provide such different looks and and within a different system. Like I think if depending on like who's setting in that game, right? Like if it's a Jay Blankino set, then I think that he tends to run a bit of a faster offense and we can go a bit more small ball and a little more a little bit more creative. Whereas you know like TJ has been in Gatno, he's been doing two a days. Like he's getting back out there. So if we DJ. if if you know VNL, I'm sure that we're gonna have all three setters on the was- roster between Walsh, TJ, and and um, Sclater. And I mean, I think that once we see TJ, we're going to see uh, Shawan get an opportunity to kind of get in there as more. Not saying that he won't be playing with with either Walsh or um, or Blankenau. But I think that especially like like Shawan thrives when TJ is setting. Um, but 100%, I think that, you know, if as we quickly jumped over here to the Canadian national team, yeah. that come the VNL bubble, I think 100% that's Ryan Sclater's job or spot. I mean, even looking at this year, he's been the top scorer for the best team in France and you know, he's just been, he's been going with it. Whereas, you know, unfortunately we haven't even seen Shawan. Um, so part of it is going to be like, he's going to have to go to, I'm guessing Gatineau, but I'm sure they're going to be doing a training camp elsewhere so that they don't have to quarantine in Canada. Um, uh, like I know, I know for a fact, that's what the women's team is doing. And obviously I talked to Jen, uh, yesterday. Um, but uh, there's there's gonna be have to be a period where like Shawan's gonna have to regain his confidence, and I really hope. I luckily I know that like the Canadian national team is the perfect place to do that. But yeah, it's 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 been a it's been an interesting thing. But like the the, the same thing, and where my going back to the whole Travica setting thing is that uh, Mujai needs the same type of ball that Shawan does. Mm-hmm. Right, and that like that's just kind of what for me is like con- like confirming my theory because Mujai also needs a high looping ball to the right side because he's this big physical lefty who can touch twelve three or something like that. So it just it just like leads leads credence to the claim that Trevitza can't set a high ball high enough to the right side anymore because he's old.
1: Okay, that was yeah. me. <laughs> and I think I mean you made some really good points there, but it, it was a little funny to be that they. Got Muzai off of off of transfers when I would say almost Muzai is the closest possible player comparable to Shawan. Uh yeah, that was interesting. And I think one thing about Trevica too is that and that we saw a little bit in the game today, which I bring it me brings me to my next point, is that he really struggles going close to the pins. He needs to set the ball inside. He struggles with that horizontal movement on his sets. And you I think we saw that today a lot uh with Leon. He was I don't know if you just watch the game or notice this too, but he was setting the ball so far inside Leon. Like, like it wasn't, he wasn't getting even close to the antenna and Leon was just taking that, uh, that big cross shot that he loved to hit in Zenit it Kazan all day. So I think that might be a factor too, that he's just not, uh, <laughs> the trajectory just gets out of whack the, the farther out horizontally he sets it. Um, but that's just something I noticed today and, you know what Leon, like Leon, just Leon had a really good game.
0: Now now that you say that that I do like really, I remember when they lost to Modena and like in in the Champions League and the amount of balls that Leon was spraying out the outside, like way outside of five, you know that that four or five oh, yeah. line there, and that makes complete sense. If he's getting that inside ball and it's not getting outside of his shoulder, and he's having to reach, and the only thing that he can do is kind of that thumb down shot, like it makes complete complete sense. But I think you're right. You're absolutely right when you said that. You know, uh, Trubitsa and Heinen won't be at Perugia next year together because it's it, it's it's just oil and water, and it it's it's not going to happen. And I mean, I I think for for you know maybe even best case scenario get rid of both of them start fresh you've you've got the rest of the team get rid of both of them
1: but who's gonna who's gonna set because are there any top level setters on the market they're not are they they probably need a they need an Italian setter right if they want to uh i'm I'm surprised but they, they just, can they not prize spirito or spiritoli away from from their teams i'm i, I for me, that would be the obvious place to spend a bit of budget.
0: But yeah, I, and I agree. Like, I don't think you need to go out and get like a top level setter. But I don't think like oh. right now isn't even a fifty percent setter. I think he's hurting you, right? Like, man, like even go go to Cisterna, pick up Sotile. He's forty two years
1: old. Yeah. I think he might be doing a better job than Travizza right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's yeah, there's a few Italians. There's Micheli, Baranovic. I mean, there's there's a few guys that would. I don't know. <laughs> Perugia is probably one of the biggest question marks, but from what, from what it looks like, they, they're they not going to make any big moves other than maybe Matt Anderson. We'll see.
0: 23 points for uh, Wilfred Oleon today. 17 for Terhorst, 14 for Soleil. Damn, 14 for Soleil. 10 for 16 uh for 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 the argentinian he's been one of the bright spots for them, and you know I, how I hate argentinians yes. <laughs> um I, I, I hate them but i, I love them at the time I hate them because I respect them so much let's say let 's put it like that but Sebastian okay. Soleil has truly been one of their best players consistently
1: all year long yeah and and I think i mean he's always been a really good player, but I feel like if you play in South America in club you get you get you fall through the cracks a little bit. Because you're not playing in Champions League, because you're not you're not in the, on TV as much, you're not in the face of fans quite as much, you're not competing for those titles. But Sebastian Soleil is absolutely one of the top middle blockers in the world, and he's so he's so like I don't know how to describe it. He's stretchy in the air, <laughs> like like he, he can hit any ball, and, and he's perfect for Travicza in that way. Is that there's no spad set for Soler.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're real right. Uh, Legumgia, twenty six points. Uh, in this had one, a nice he's, game today.
1: He's you know what?
0: He's gonna get scooped up by someone other than Monza because Monza or actually I, I think
1: he's there for a while. I've I've read some things that he's moving, but uh You know you know what we need cannot, to, can neither confirm nor deny anything.
0: You know what we need to do at some point is um do a transfer rumors episode. Before like the transfer season, like like before they actually start getting announced, you know, like or before the end of the season do like a transfer rumors episode. Um but yeah. That, that's semifinal number one in Italy. You got anything to add there?
1: Yes, I do. There's one important, okay. really important conversation that you missed. And that's a second stinker for Ole Plotnicki in a row. Almost third, if you include champions. Like, he's not playing well right now. And he looks unconfident out there, he's not jumping well. He doesn't have that like super savvy game sense that we saw of him earlier where he was crushing the ball when the block gave it to him, but also able to hit that effortless roll shot when he when the block gave him that. He's looked really shaky out there. Still passing well. I think he's, he's been fine in that area, but his, his passing and his, his serving, I think it hasn't been quite as good. But sorry, his hitting and his serving, but mainly his hitting has not been great.
0: Do you think that he's starting to feel the strain of so much pressure? Because it's him and Leon, right? And yeah. you know the key isn't. I love watching Plotnitsky. He's so he's so quick. He's so agile. He's so springy. um But the reality is, is that he he shouldn't be getting the load, the type of load that he is.
1: Yeah, I mean that's probably not the role he was brought into. But I mean at the same time, he's the captain of the Ukrainian national. League. He was captain two years ago, and when he was probably I don't know, he's in '97, so he's probably. 22 at the time, like he's he's a very mature player. He's he's been through a lot. He's carried a. He's he's the number one option on Ukraine. Do you do you think he's
0: do you think he's injured? Maybe because he only got ten attempts today. Could be, could be, right? Yeah, like like be. that to me, he's getting less attempts than the middles.
1: Right, like no, eight, no eight, eighteen attempts. I don't know. <laughs> sorry, okay, no, so. sorry. You're, you're six, right. for six for Six for eighteen points, yeah. eighteen attempts. 10
0: points. Yeah, uh, but still
1: way less than uh than obviously half. The, Half the number at Leon less than Ter horse
0: but I mean, I think that's pretty standard for what we've been seeing in Italy this year, where your P one is going to get the majority of your swings, your P, your opposite's going to get the second amount, and then your your P two is going to go after that. So, yeah, and I, I, I think that's that's not bad,
1: but but injury, I think that could be it because yeah, he's I don't I don't know if you noticed during the game today, but and but the last few games that played and when you see him play, it's just it's, it's not uh it's not the same so i'm not sure fair
0: enough well we'll we'll have to keep an eye out on that as we get closer to the the italian league finals um but before we got go, that we still have the other semifinal to to talk about uh, trentino and lube trentino winning the five setter in round one and i mean this is this is really the 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 playoff series to watch no offense to monza but we all knew that they weren't like even when even when like Rouge is playing bad they still were able to walk away with a, you know a 2-0 series win
1: hey max holt was back at least
0: yes this, this is true i mean if if he had been had been healthy most of the season I, I i think maybe a different story for for monza but i mean can't really play that what if game
1: i, I think they're happy with the semifinals loss
0: <laughs> i i i agree too i mean hey they could have very well lost in the first round to to Vibo and then
1: Man, that would have been a story, A eh? If Ebo went all the way to the se- to the semis, that would have been very. I mean, they they had it coming too. They were. A, Lube versus Trentino match was amazing. <laughs> We've had a lot of good matches this season, but that that one is right right up there.
0: The the semifinal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you the first are, match. Yeah. You
0: are very right. Let me pull up the uh, stats here. It was a three-two win for uh, Trentino. 25-23 for Lube. 25-21 for Trentino. 25-21 for Lube. 26-24 and then 15-12. It, it was back and forth. Um, but man, Trentino just looking so good. 23 for Lucarelli.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the the really big moments of the match was that the fifth, I mean, he basically won it at the fifth set at the end. I, I think it was like 12-12 or something. And then, or 13-12. And he's, boom, served an ace. Boom, had this nice... Cut ace to a uh, position two that completely caught them off guard and well deserved MVP, especially like fifth set could have gone either way at the end there. And, and Lucarelli, when you get a couple aces, that's like the best possible result. Dude, he was mad efficient. Looking at this stat line <clears throat>
0: 17 for 25, no errors, only blocked three times, right? That's crazy. But then when you look at his serves, 19 attempts, no errors, and five aces.
1: Yeah, I mean, Luke, man, Luc to come back from an Achilles injury like that, and what two years later, just be like, you would, you would never, you would never be able to tell. So we never be able to tell. He he had an Achilles. I didn't even know that he had an Achilles injury. Like yeah, like the same injury Kobe Bryant had way back uh, twenty thirteen that ended his career. The exact same injury. Wow. So like, man. I feel bad for shitting on him as much
0: as we did at the beginning of the season. Like think <laughs> yeah. of, they like, think about how the discord chat, we were going off on Luca Relli, especially when they weren't doing well.
1: But at the same, he was actually fairly good in Brazil last year. So I'm not sure if the struggles at the beginning of the season were necessarily physical. I think it was more mental adjusting. I think this was the first time he had lived outside of Brazil, which we don't really talk about that much as like in, in, in the media, but that's, that's, that's a big deal. Right. And, uh, you know, adjusting to a new style of play, adjusting to a new setter, and, and all of uh, Trentino, I think, struggled a little bit. They had a lot of COVID issues. They had some injury issues at the beginning. So I think the whole team kind of figured out. I, I blame I uh, blame Micheletto in the good sense for for bringing this team <laughs> together.
0: Yeah, eh. I mean, it's crazy how at the beginning of the season, like Dick Coy was was their guy, and he's kind of an afterthought now with how well Micaletto plays. Although I do think. I do think that, Miko, uh, that we're, it's not the last we've seen of, of, of Dick Coy. No. I, think I that, mean, he played a
1: big role at, uh, on
0: the, on the, in the first semifinal game. Yeah, you, he, he went four for seven. I mean, he, he came off the bench, but he came off the bench in, in all five sets. And I mean, I think that's the perfect way to go about that scenario right if that you if you are going to run with Mikeletto, don't just leave him out there to to dry kind of make sure that you're still injecting koi at least once a set to get some touches get get something going on because heaven forbid that Mikeletto breaks down like he's only 18 years old right so heaven forbid something happens to him that koi is still attached but also you're allowing Mikeletto to ha- take a breather you know r- gather himself and then move forward
1: yeah plus i think it was actually really nice to have dick koi coming the fifth set because I mean, not that Namir ever or Luca ever get tired, but you know those legs are a little. Uh, it's nice to have fresh legs coming to the fifth set to have an attacker like Decoy. I mean, we we maybe have been hard on him throughout the season, but at the end of the day, he's he's still quite a good attacker. Maybe the rest of the skills uh, aren't where you want them to be, but it, but he's certainly a very athletic guy who's crushing balls at uh, way above eleven feet. So it's good to have fresh legs, and I think it he he it was perfect perfect coaching job in this game to bring to bring him in when did.
0: I mean, I, I really think it's a testament to how Trentino. I think maybe that's w- another thing that we saw Trentino, where they came into the beginning of the season. They're like, "All right, we've got Koi, we've got Podraskin in, we've got Lishniak, we've got Namir. Like, we can kind of like we can kind of maybe almost set a bit more of a, a high ball offense, right? Focus more on bit bit more banging. And for some reason, the kind of, maybe it was the the ball control or the service receive, but they changed something up there, and it started to work out.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know why they were running such a slow offense at the beginning of the season. It was really strange to me. I mean, maybe, yeah, okay, that's the way Namir likes to play, sure. But you, you have you have Pradash and Lisonac. I mean, Lizanac, you give him you give him any amount of open net and he's uh, he's crushing balls. So, I mean, at the end of the day, at the beginning of the year, Trentino, I think at the off season, we 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 considered them a superstar team. I mean, we consider them a contender, and we immediately. Wrote them off because they struggled in the first couple months. Then you know, Namir started setting, and uh, all the momentum shifted. But I still think we kind of forget that at the beginning of the season, we consider them a top team, and now they're in the superfinals. They're five and, and-
0: eight. They're five and eight,
1: right? Like <laughs> it, it fair, was yeah, fair It enough. was yeah. like they were like sitting in ninth, and
0: it was like, what is going on? But hey, I mean, not only they're in the yeah, they're in the CEV superfinals, and they're going to be. Uh, In the, I mean, let's actually. I'm not going to say that because I, I could see Lube turning this around, but you know, we'll we'll see that. I do see Lube winning the next match. Like I see this going to a to a third, a third game for sure.
1: I think it's going to a third as well. But I think that first one could have been deciding. I mean, it. I did. Lube was. I felt like they were going to win in the fourth set. You know, I felt like they were up at the beginning. They they had some momentum going behind them. And I felt like, okay, Lube is going to shut the door on Trentino. This is it. And then Trentino just stayed close enough. So you know the drill. Stayed close enough and uh, came back and, and won it 26-24. And then, of course, Luccarelli with his magic in the fifth set. So I I felt like that was a that should have been a Lube win. But Trentino, great job. Great job to win it, for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But you you think Trentino? Are we going to getting a Trentino-Perugia final?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, uh, to yeah, be I honest, think so. I think... Like, I, I, we saw what happened in Champions League. Like, I think the same thing is going to happen again.
1: Yeah, after seeing that matchup go pretty solidly <laughs> in the Trentino direction, uh, you know. But like I said, that that's a that is a kind of a long way away from now. You still got a couple of weeks, and I think Plotnischki. I think whatever has been happening to him is uh, was affecting him in Champions League as well. I think that Trivitz and Leon. If they can keep the connection that they did today, which I thought was way better than anything I've seen this season, I think it might be a, a bit of a different series. But that's maybe uh, wishful thinking because it did not look close <laughs> in the Champions League.
0: All right, well, guys, you guys heard it from, from the expert of men's pro volleyball, Mister Five One VB. It's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be an exciting finish to the Super League the season. That's that's no there's no doubt about that. Yeah, um, for sure. Do you want
1: to, where do you want to jump to? Do you want to jump to Poland or do you want to jump to Russia? Poland, let's do Poland next cuz again I just uh finished watching the last uh the last uh, match there between Gdansk and uh, Warsaw.
0: Yeah, Gdansk and Warsaw. Um I thought this was going to go in the direction of Gdansk and Warsaw looked really really uh, good today and Gdansk did not look good.
1: Yeah, I no, I was full I'm like I think I said on my podcast on Monday too that Warsaw definitely, I think are are the favorites. I think they've played better this season. I think on paper they're a better team. I like pretty. I mean Bartosz Fulek has been one of the best players in all of Plus Liga this season. I think uh, Mariusz Właszy is. I mean he's obviously an absolute legend, but has has been inconsistent. And we hadn't had a, a questionable Mariusz Właszy game in a while. And I haven't checked the stats, so so I might be wrong in this one. But he did not look uh that great and we saw
0: 23 efficiency for village uh today
1: there you go so the eye test does not fail today and uh yeah it was interesting as we saw uh Jan kroll okay yes can
0: you can you back up your claim here i asked you on the discord you come in out of nowhere and you go Jan kroll the yuji nishida of polish volleyball and i go explain nothing and he just leaves it doesn't explain so i mean i have to i have to call you up for that and be like bro like what's up okay
1: okay so this is where that comes from i i was confused between Jan kroll and Jan for now because i was just like look, mm. looked at this like which you know my mistake <laughs> kind of stupid mistake but but Jan for now the like a 100 like the six foot three 190 centimeters Jan for is playing opposite this is this is so cool and then like, of course Kroll. Okay. He's, he's like six foot seven. but I mean
0: speaking, speaking of Kroll he did lead the, the match in scoring 16 points he went 14 for 25. Um, yeah good good outing there by, by Kroll.
1: Yeah just to give a quick history on the Versava uh, opposite situation <laughs> So we've had uh, we have, we've had Jakob Shabrowsky I think with the younger kind of guy who played with Kohoowsky uh on their big youth team. Came in at the start of the season, no longer with the team because he was not playing well at the beginning. Uh, from from the first
0: time that I watched Russo, I, like he did not pass my eye test. It, he, yeah, just, yeah. He, he did not seem like he had the tools to be out there with the rest of those guys.
1: Yeah, so then it's been a bit of a, a weird situation with them all season. Uh, mainly, they ca- it seemed to have settled on Mihal Superlak, which is why I was a little confused watching the game today. Uh, Superlak, really big, two two hundred six centimeter, which is like a six 6'9 opposite, uh, very uncoordinated, but uh, but kind of gets the job done and uh, puts up a really nice block, which I think is mainly why they had him in there. But you know, yeah, for Sov, another team, I feel like this happened to a couple Polish teams like Scra, where they're they're just basically missing an opposite and. I feel like it's a really important position that you're really going to struggle with if you don't have. But, I mean, like you said, Jan Kroll coming in today and leading the match and scoring, I'm not sure. Maybe they, they had kept him like as a secret weapon or something. But uh, I, think, I think today, Versava played how, they, how I kind of thought they would play against Gdansk this series. Because, to be honest, I'm surprised, even though it was a close series, I'm surprised that Gdansk uh, even, even brought it to three games.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Fair enough. I mean, Warsaw is definitely... I feel like
0: Warsaw, where they're at now, was so far from where they thought they would be at the beginning of the season. You know, you have Shaopuk, who's on the bench now, and, you know, ziobrowski has yeah. gone. You know, I think that... I, I I, think I have more respect for them now, looking at how well they've been able to kind of persevere and make it to the semifinals.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. I feel like expectations might... I mean, Ant- losing Antoine Brizard obviously a huge blow um losing arthur udris which he's not a, an incredible player but he's still better than any options they have at opposite right now uh so yeah they did lose a few important players and i think like you said shellbook was like the, their big guy that they brought in big signing and who knows what's going on there but uh he he obviously hasn't been playing for most of most of the season and we've been have grabelny and, and, and schulich in there but, I mean, Grabelny has been, has been
0: good all, all season. And, I mean, like, Grabelny just doesn't... Um, he, to, to me, he's a bit of an anomaly, a bit of an enigma. Because he's a bit undersized. Like, he doesn't seem like he would work out in Poland. Um, like, to be honest, like he, he, he almost seems to me to be, like, a lesser version of Shaopuk. But, at the end of the day, he has outperformed him all year long.
1: Um, I'm, h- how do you mean? <laughs> just I, I'm just looking at the height difference. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Okay. But I guess in, in in the way that that they play, like Puck has never been like a a big banging guy.
1: Yeah. That's that's true. You know. Yeah. It's kind of one of those weird, like really tall, so he has a good block. But but he's but more he's, really he's un- more
0: of a flowy player. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, like uh, he he's never been the type like t- type to to swing like to swing hard. You know to to get you know big kills. Uh, but Grabelny is the same way and Gra- Grabelny is just he's got great ball control and uh, he moves his feet really well. He gets the, feet, the the ball really well and then he's able just to manipulate the ball. And anyways, like he does swing hard, a, you know, a good majority of the times, but he, he cuts and chips very well too.
1: I would say he swings a lot harder than he looks because I'm pretty sure I'm almost guarantee I weigh more than Igor Grabelny. Um, but he still, he can hit it like five times harder than I can, obviously. Especially, I, I love his attacking out of uh, out of six, like the pipe. like he, he's, he has a really nice connection with Angel Trinidad, who uh, I think is a great setter. Um, yeah, you, okay, you're, volleyball. You're <laughs> Sorry, high yeah, on yeah. Angel
0: Trinidad, hey? Sorry, go ahead.
1: Uh, always, always. I, he's underrated, man. He's, he's a great player. But uh, volleyball, super fan deep cut, Grabellini or Thomas Rousseau? For the Belgian national team this summer,
0: I think I have to go with Grabelny.
1: Yeah, he's he's looked pretty good. He's looked pretty good and uh, passing well, hitting well. Doesn't doesn't really have the blocker serve, but uh, R- Rousseau hasn't been uh is, is, he's been has been good, but not not great this season, right? Is and Belgium like
0: is Belgium like a, a underrated team that no one's kind of thinking about heading into the VNL?
1: uh i i think they would be if they were playing in vnl are they I, not
0: are they not in vnl
1: they should be they're good enough to play but uh i believe they were one of uh, maybe I'll, I'll have to go check it's been so long since vnl
0: yeah i don't i know they're uh, in on the women's side because i i checked i checked yesterday when i, I was feel talking.
1: like vnl yeah i can't because i've already done like, i've already been like looking ahead to vnl doing some vnl preview stuff but uh I feel like they're one of the European teams that got lost in the shuffle. Because like, uh, I feel like Germany is in VNL, but Belgium isn't. Interesting. But we can, we can do a quick check on... Yeah, Belgium is not, is not in VNL on the men's side
0: oh well. oh, well. Then scratch that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but they'll be in the European Championships. And European Golden League.
0: All right, then. Now was that that was the the semifinals, correct? So Warsaw is moving on to the finals. No,
1: that that was the quarterfinals. Um, no, that was the last quarterfinals because yeah. we have Zaxa versus Scra, and then Ystebzhi will play now, uh, Warsaw. Yes, okay, that is correct. It
0: hasn't it hasn't updated on the PlusLiga website. That's why I'm that's why I I'm wondering. Uh, but we're doing
1: a, we're doing a live reaction here, Everett. We're, okay right after the game. <laughs> I guess
0: I guess that's true. We're just like but we're just like Bill Simmons. So l- l- looking at those two matchups, Zaxa against Scraw, sorry Scraw. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, hate that I agree with you, but I, yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, it's it's from what we've seen from Zaxa this year, I'm I'm expecting like I would be surprised if
1: Scraw won it set. Wow, no, I don't agree with that. I think Scraw will, will be competitive a little bit. Yeah, you think so? I mean, I just think that, again, like uh, like like Warsaw, like I mentioned earlier, the biggest, I think, I mean, they have a few issues, but one of them was definitely their opposite with Dusan Pekovic not really playing that well. But I feel like he's he's been the best version of, of Dusan Pekovic we've seen in a while in his, his last few matches. And I think, I mean, Scraw destroyed Rosovia. Like that's a, that's a little bit indicative of, uh, of maybe there's something, something more to the Scraw team that we thought they had at the beginning of the season. I don't know, but obviously there's still, there's still other issues with the team, but I think with Taylor Sander, Ibadapur, Pekovic, Biniak, uh, and then Klosher or, or, uh, Huber playing, playing well, I, I on guess paper, if, if you didn't know anything about the seasons of these two teams, that's competitive
0: that that's fair
1: and and also i also think that there's something to say about
0: a club like scraw that has so much history and so much pride and like it means something and i'm not saying it doesn't mean anything to wear the Zaxa jersey but like playing for scraw is you know it's up there you know it's like playing it's like i played for manchester united i played for the yankees you know like it's up th- in, in volleyball terms in volleyball terms you know like it it's one of the if you when you start following pro volleyball Maybe, maybe, maybe not so much anywhere, but like when I first started following pro volleyball, Scraw was one of the teams to watch and they've consistently been one of those top teams, like one, at least one of the the top 10, if not top eight teams in Europe consistently over the past, however many decades.
1: I mean, I think I definitely put Modena and Sam, those two teams. Uh, Interestingly, the the only pro volleyball jersey I've ever seen someone wear in like North America was a Jivegiel jersey. Really? Yeah, that was. The, Who had? But that? yeah, I don't know. It was some random pickup pickup game. I assume, oh yeah, my coach gave it to me. He didn't know where like where it was from or anything about pro volleyball. But interesting. Okay. We'll see. In, in ten years' time, you're going to be seeing people with Leon jerseys, with Angerpet jerseys, with Goomsha jerseys. Dude, I. I would love
0: to see us like take a few sponsors away from our jerseys and start because we've got some swaggy jerseys like that jersey you've got in the, the back, on your back wall there that's a nice looking jersey right and you, you've seen in soccer or football if you're watching this in Europe um, how you know these football jerseys have become fashion items in a lot of senses and I'd love to see that same thing happen with volleyball so yeah let's let's start buying let's start buying volleyball jerseys and, and wear them out to the bars and clubs.
1: I'm, I'm one step ahead of you. Next time we're going out, Everett, my Leon jersey will be uh, will be worn. Um, <laughs> but let's get back to uh, Scraw versus Zaxa. I think I think I think we both agree Zaxa will win. I think Scraw will give them more of a fight, but at the end of the day, do you I think, think Zaxa's? Do you think Scrawl wins a match? No, no. But I think I think they'll win. I think we'll see one five setter and one like a three one. I think I think it'll be competitive. I think it, this series is going to be better than than we expect
0: fair enough um first game of that series goes down saturday at 2:45 p.m. eastern time it's whatever time it's like what 8:45 p.m. your your time in in poland in in uh, yeah europe.
1: that's a late that's a late that's a late match for for europe right now Oh, no, no, 2:45. No. Two okay. You're saying 2:45, Steve.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's showing it's showing me. Never mind. It's it's showing me European times, not not Eastern times. So that's going to be an eight, an afternoon. So that'll be like an early morning match for me. I'll get up and have my coffee and and watch Scraw versus Axa. I mean, uh,
1: that's the best part about the Police League. They've always got this Saturday uh, Saturday day match. Absolutely, uh, and then after that it, on Saturday at
0: 5:30 uh, European time, it's going to be um, J W Weigel against uh, Warsaw that one is going to be an interesting one for sure
1: yeah yeah no I think I think it, that one definitely way closer than Scraw versus Zaxa could go either way if Warsaw if play like they did tonight which I, was quite quite good I think, I think they would t- yeah they could take
0: it I agree I, I think after the way I saw Warsaw play tonight they're looking pretty damn good Kolek is looking real good um, yeah I, I, you're you're a huge fan of Kolek, eh?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I feel I feel like this Polish group. I've been hyping them up and like for like and like following them now. for a yeah. few years. Like, but they, I mean, the, the the level they were playing at when they were on their youth teams was like, I was like, I can't I can't even imagine what it'd be like playing them in high school. Like when you're 17, you'd be like, oh my god, these guys are like, it's like Toronto Crush times like a hundred, like how how <laughs> like how yeah. good they would be. But uh, Schwolek, I think, I, actually, I did a recent video on, like, the Polish all-stars and uh, best players, MVPs, whatever. And a lot of people, I picked uh, Sander and Semenyuk as my two outside hitters that were the best in the league. But a lot of people were like, man, is, uh has had a really good season. And I went back and watched some more tape and, and, and did some more scouting. I'm like, yeah, actually, Schwolek took another step this season. And I feel like if, if it wasn't for Semenyuk, we'd have this argument about, oh, is Shvolek going to be on the Olympic team this year? That that was my next question, but you think Simenik? I mean, I can't I can't
0: really disagree with that. Simenik. I, I pick Simenik over
1: Scholok, and I, I would still stick with that. Yeah.
0: So that goes like Leon, Kubiak, slika and Simenik.
1: Simenik. I guess you could do I guess you could do Simenik
0: and Scholok. Yeah. I like think, that, I think, like, I think at this point now that uh, Semeniak has oh, like man. put himself into that second spot, and this may be blasphemous, but I wouldn't be surprised if, <laughs> like, like we saw like a Semenya P two.
1: No way. There's no way they, they they do that. If you every single interview the Polish national team does, they're like Kubiak is our heart, is a hundred from hundred, like f- absolutely.
0: Would I but, do it? But but, uh, but like if if you're talking to me, you're in the semifinals of the Olympics. And maybe Kubiak has not been playing his hundred percent. I hundred percent think like Kubiak is is the heart, he's the captain. He would have the ability to hundred percent say himself, being like, hey, no, this kid is playing better than me, we need to put him in.
1: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, if I if I were the coach and, and putting aside all emotions and chemistry, whatever, yes, I probably would put Semenyuk in over Kubiak. I agree with that. But like, like, also like I was gonna say that reminds me of a similar point that uh we haven't seen Kubiak play in what, like two years, almost almost three years. This this and is what a, I'm saying, right? Is there's that a like, couple more guys like that. Bartosz Kurek, is he is he still good? Mauricio Borges is he still good? Dmitry Mazurski? I mean, Mazurski, I'm gonna st- stick with yes. It's yeah, like, but ma- Mazursky, you don't Mazurs- know because they've only played in Japan. There's no, that's not a real uh, I- indicative of anything. But I. Oh.
0: I don't know. I'm going to stick with Mazurski, but all those other ones very valid. Right? This is why and this I know I've gotten heat for this. This is why I could 100% see a situation where you you play and 100% like we know the starting roster right now for what the Polish national team looks like. And I'm not de- de- denying that like, you know, like the starting of the Olympics that like it's going to be the the, the usual suspects. But I think that in a situation where maybe they struggle because it's not out of the realm of contention for Poland to lose a game in pool play at the Olympics because Kurek's playing poorly and maybe Kubiak's not up to snuff because he's been playing in Japan the entire time, right? Like, you've got Kazmarek and Semenia who are guys who have, like, They've proven their worth this this year, and I think that they're closer on the heels than those two those two other guys than than we think. And like, if they're not, then after this year, like we are seeing the changing of the guard in, in that respect.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's I I feel bad for them because I know there's going to be not just who cares what we say, but the Polish media is going to be creating. Tons of storylines around this. So I kind of feel bad for the players, but it's not even that they're playing in Japan and therefore they don't, are not playing against good competition. It's that these guys are in, in their like early mid thirties, 33, 34. That that's, you know, that's when, unfortunately that's when uh, father time starts to get to you, especially like a player like uh Kubiak, who's already undersized really like is, is relies on every inch of of vertical that he has already. Like if he, if you uh, decrease his vertical from like 36 to like, Thirty two, that's uh that could be uh the end of Milkal of, you know, Kubiak as an attacker. Yeah, that's that's
0: kind of what I'm saying saying too. And I I'm still think I still think that he's gonna bring a ton of value. I'm still think he's gonna be useful, but like in an Olympic final, when you're you're an Olympic final against Brazil or against Russia or against the United you know, United States, like you're gonna want your best performing players out there, and I'm just saying it may not be the guys that we think it may be.
1: By by the way, I think I think everyone's it's gone mainstream. The big four of the Olympics, because I, I I think you saw in the Discord, Sokolov also said uh, Russia, Brazil, uh, USA, Poland. That's, but I, but I mean like it's obvious, yeah. But but uh, I guess and, and but not 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 Japan.
0: No, come on, <laughs> man. Like no, Canada. I mean, hey, you know I would love to see it, but like the reality is, is is like like. Would I put a bet on it? Would I bet money on Canada? No, and I mean, I like, I can honestly say that. Do I do I think that like am I saying that there's no chance at all? Absolutely not. Do I think that they have the ability to beat every single one of those teams? Absolutely. But like, it's it it, it it is what it is, you know. And like, we haven't seen what these guys have come to play. Maybe Nations League, like we'll we'll see something different. But like, you know. As much as I'd like to see the Raptors win another champ, like, like, put it that way. Like, did you, when the Raptors went into those 2019 playoffs, did you honestly believe we could win a championship?
1: Like, 100% yes. 100%. I can go find records of me texting people saying we would win. Okay. I mean, that's a bit,
0: that's a bit of a different story. We were like the best team in the league and, you know, we had the best record in the league. As you know,
1: I'm the biggest homer of all time, so. For the Raptors, so uh, yeah. I'm not a good tr- source to trust on <laughs> That's
0: a funny story of the night I saw uh <laughs> yeah, Dan I walking, <laughs> walking down Young Street with a skeleton wearing a Giannis jersey after we beat the Bucks in game seven. <laughs>
1: that that is a true story. That was that was a funny night. That was that was that was that was a fun uh fun month, June twenty
0: nineteen. Uh that 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 it was. Oh man. All um right.
1: Everett, do you want to get to Russia, and then I'll probably have to uh, that, leave you here. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Can let's let's jump over to
0: Russia, especially since uh, I've got literally in the docket. I just need to add a couple of more photos to it. Is uh, your MVP? You you did an MVP rankings, and uh, not not MVP rankings, but you get, you get, basically gave out some awards for the Russian the Russian season this year. And uh, so yeah, let's 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 talk about Russia because Russia is a little bit different. Uh, but You know we've been watching a lot more russia this year especially of late with the the cev cup last week which was an all russian affair and dynamo moscow looking real good real real good we'll give a bit of a a preview right now his mvp for the year pavel pankov and i think it's definitely well deserved that dude was an absolute baller in the cev cup final serving aces getting blocks running a buttery offense and they did it all with without sam Daru, who was your number one outside in your your thing as well too so let's dive into to russia a little bit
1: i mean i'll, I'll give deru because they didn't play politaev but uh but yeah i mean russia is really interesting this year and i mean we have we have to talk about my mvp most improved player and best setter pavel pankov i i haven't felt this way about a setter in a long time I, I'm, mm. I'm so high on pankov i'm so high on pankov right now
0: Sorry, Angel um, Trinidad. I, I yeah, no, sorry.
1: Angel Trinidad. You are. It's, it's not the same. You're. You're the the Raptors 905 to the Raptors of Bangkok. I I feel like we have we've had the same few setters the last few years. We've had Udi, We've had Gianelli. It, it was great, but he, he's been. We've known he's been good since 16, so he's been around for five six years. We've had uh, Micah Christensen. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, Gianluca Decheka. We've had Bruno, and I feel like they're they're so far above. Every setter that is, it's not it's boring, but it's like, it's like, okay. Like, I feel like watching these setters is a completely different experience from everyone else. But the way Pankov, Pavel Pankov has been playing this year is like, is, uh, is unbelievable. And I'm going to give you my player comp. Can you, can you guess who my player comp for Pavel Pankov is?
0: Russell Westbrook. Uh,
1: a Volleyball player. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. No. Micah Christensen. And here's why: very athletic, great blocker, great server at the setting position, and and one thing I really like about them, the very high contact point, uh, which is great. But high contact point, and I, I think we've talked about this before. But a lot of high contact point setters struggle with the middles. But you've seen the way that Pankov connects with uh, Demi- uh, Ivan Yakovlev this year has has been awesome. Like he he really can still I don't know how he does it, but he really has that like elite, like 1% level precision that you need uh, to combine a, a high contact point with being able to set fastballs in the middle and outside. And I don't know, just he has the precision. He has the athleticism. He has... Uh, it really reminds me of Micah Christensen. You know what?
0: I I agree. I, I 100% agree from the way that, that you, you're taking that from. But for <laughs> me, he's... He, he brings a different attitude to the setting position that we don't yeah. really see. And that's kind of what impresses me the most. Like, this dude, you know who he rem- reminds me of is, is the Russian beach player, Krasilnikov, the guy who won the the beach world championships. Like, where he is just going to go and yeah. straight mm-hmm. up ball out he's gonna do the dirty things that need to be done he plays with a bit of an edge he plays with emotion he plays with a bit of a chip on his shoulder and he's just like a thorough leader and like he's electric to watch it's so much fun watching him him set this team and like dynamo moscow has been one of my most favorite teams to watch all year and with with this pool a of semi-finals coming up in the russian league it is going to be electric
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, f- yeah, Moscow. I, I definitely they've been playing better than I thought this season. But yeah, I mean, if you look at the, I think I brought this in the article, but if you look at the best hitters in Russia by by efficiency, it's it's pretty much just Dynamo Moscow players, just because of like, uh, I mean, all credit to the hitters obviously as well. But the Pankov is just doing doing an absolute job with this team. But for me, like Moscow is probably the favorite, but definitely could see Kemerova winning. Could see zenica's on for sure still winning it um yeah probably not Novosibirsk. probably not novi had a great 3-0 win today but but uh am i forgetting someone st petersburg yeah st Petersburg. probably not since they're banged up still
0: yeah they they are still banged up and i mean we just saw them lose the the two game series to the cev cup um russia does it differently than anyone else now they have the final six Group so you've got Group A, which is Zenit Saint Petersburg, uh, Fakel uh, novi Urengoy, and then the aforementioned Daniel Moscow. Group B is uh, Zenit Kazan, Lokomotiv Novosibirsk, and Kuzbass Kemerovo.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, I haven't done I haven't done any previous stuff prepared for this, but I would just from hearing that I would say probably. Oh, I would say Zenit Kazan versus Moscow, which I would I would love to see. Kemerovo is it would be obviously a very good possibility as well, but uh, but I still I still like Zenit Kazan. I feel like they'll have a bit of a a chip on their shoulder after. I mean they 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 were so close to getting to the superfinals. They were like, and of course we're gonna forget this because that's the way it happens in sports. We're gonna be like, oh wow, Zenit Kazan choked again. But like nine times out of ten, they they probably make the superfinals.
0: Yeah, absolutely, right? And they they were so close and that's another team who was doing terribly. Like we lost 8 in a row at one point and has really turned themselves around, but I I I think it's a toss-up between them and Kuzbas definitely. I mean, we have to see what Ivan Zaitsev is going to be able to do in 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 that match specifically.
1: Uh how could how do you,
0: why do you say that? I, I just wanted to like I think that Kuzbass has or Zaitsev has the ability to kind of put Kuzbas on his on his his back like that and okay. carry them to a final in in you know a one game situation against Kazan.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I think that's the impression I've got. I was just asking because that's like that's what I think about Kemerovo as well. That it's like you have this like I would say the best block up there. Maybe uh, I'll have to check, but yeah, probably the best block in all of volleyball uh, between a couple of insanely good middle blockers. Maybe Dynamo Moscow is up there as well. But uh, and you just you know you just throw every out of system ball to Ivan Zaitsev. Half the in system balls also to Ivan Zaitsev. Your two outside hitters are good servers, good blockers, decent receivers. Uh, you know you throw a few balls to Alexander Markin as well. But you know by and large, you're, you're playing through uh, Zaitsev on offense, and your everyone else is just there to to support him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that Zaitsev is one of those players that if he gets hot, you might not stop him, right? It, and, and I don't know if it, it. He's not necessarily the type of player that can withstand that type of heat. And he's uh, he's always going to be good. I'm not saying that he kind of moves up up and down. But there's sometimes where Zaitsev is, you know, not like that. I think there's some sometimes when Zaitsev can be untouchable.
1: You know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, if we get if we get like a, a legendary 130 kilometer serve Zaitsev game, then yeah. I mean, he, he can he can end the series, but you know. Irvin Engapeth, we've seen the same from him, right? Like, I mean, Yeah, I guess
0: you're right. I just don't see it at the, at the same level, especially because Engapeth, in- like his game, like there's so much more to his game in terms of like the passing and the defense and stuff like that, that for me, seeing Engapeth dominate has a lot less to do about how offensively efficient it is. Like absolutely it is,
1: but it's also about how good he is doing in like the other aspects of the game as well. If if I see a stat sheet and I see that Irvin Ankobit hits seventy percent, I will immediately tell you that they won that game, because okay. if he's bringing that on offense, and obviously you know all the other stuff he does, like that's because because yeah, like you said, usually he's not the most efficient player. He's not. I think he gets overrated on offense, underrated everything else, but uh, but yeah, if he if he has that going as well, but I, no, I think he does have the ability to dominate as well. Um, but Zenica on, we'll see. Who know? We're gonna hear stories about is on because there was definitely some weird stuff going on this season.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Bednorsch. I don't know if where he's gonna go stay after this. Uh, probably back to Modena, where he had a fantastic season last year, and like an all time great season, as you know. news keeps posting that that one graphic in in the in the chat about the the best seasons over the past uh, ten years, um, but. Yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely going to be interesting. The oh, Russian playoffs get kicked off on M- Monday, April fifth. So.
1: Okay. So very quite soon. Yeah, that's that's Monday. A little bit.
0: What what day are we today? Wednesday. So in like four days.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's any good other good stories in, in Russia. I guess uh, uh, Novi Uringoy with uh, Dennis Bogdan and Dmitry Volkov could, is could, that a great season.
0: Can we talk about uh, Ask versus Novi Irgoy today? The, the 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 beef about how Ask showed up and had to stay oh, yeah. in a hos in a hostel. Did did you sure?
1: I mean, I have no idea what I read about it a little bit from you guys, but I have no idea what actually happened.
0: Oh, basically, like because if you've ever like Novi Irgoy is have you ever looked at it on a map? Like
1: it is like oh yeah, the it's north way north uh... of Russia. But they. See, they play? They play in uh, Moscow, or, or they live in Moscow? One of those two.
0: Oh really? I think they live in yeah. Moscow and play games in, in Novi Yarngoy. Yeah,
1: I think I think that's the. Uh, I think because yeah you're right it's 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 and because it's, uh, it's, it's random.
0: Ba- basically, what happened was that Novi Yarngoy couldn't find a hotel room for this playoff. Or sorry, Fackle. Yeah, or you know, sorry, ask couldn't find a hotel room in Novi Yrngoy for, for this game and they asked the club to find something for them and the club went out and found them a hostel that didn't have showers had like these small single beds like no food like toilets weren't working like the pictures were hilarious um and they were they were not happy about it
1: yeah i mean i, I don't i don't know uh, you probably have to talk to the managers to find out there's I'll tell you one thing: there's always more to these kinds of situations than
0: than, than than
1: than what meets the eye. Uh, but I mean, the only thing I will take away from from that story and series is is how good Dmitry Vyansky is. Because here's here's a here's a name in volleyball that probably a lot of people listening do not know yet. But uh, as someone who's seen him play in person many times, uh, unreal opposite playing in the Ukraine, and because he was. Born like born in the Ukraine, that he didn't wasn't really on a lot of people's radar, but was part of that national team with Ole Plotnitsky, and uh, who's the who's the really who's the really good Ukrainian middle? Yuri Glider. i No, younger, the younger, the younger one. Nope. Okay. I know Glider is like I, I've always liked. Gliders. I know he's, Glider. He's yeah, Glider is unreal. Um. um anyway, mm-hmm. I feel like he's playing in and maybe in France, anyway. but Plotnitsky and Vietsky, unreal. And, and Vietzky, like super athletic, uh, really disciplined, really a smart attacker for his age. One of the leading scorers in Russia this year. And I was like, yes, this guy's finally, uh, finally living up to the potential that I, that I saw him in a couple of years ago. And his name hasn't been brought up in any rumors yet, but maybe he'll stay in Russia because Ukrainian Russia is pretty easy. But, you know, I, I could easily see him starting for a Super Liga team or a Plus Liga team as well.
0: All right. Well. There you have it. Watch out for what's his name again, Dmitry Vietsky. Dmitry Vietsky, out of out of the Ukraine. Man, I, I gotta watch more Ukrainian volleyball because they're. I I love Glider. I love Plotnitsky. Um, and they got a good team. <laughs> yeah, so many good teams in Europe.
1: Yeah. So he yeah, born in 1998. So he's still he's still really young too. Dang. Uh, I'm, I'm six eight six eight and bouncy like Plotnitsky. Okay. So watch out. Okay. On the left side or on the right? He's on.
0: The... Oh, sorry. You First must. Are oh, you on the right side? Okay. Oh, sorry. Position two. Yeah, yeah. You must have cut out there just as just as you said it because I did not I did not hear that. All right. He's no, on the right. Worries. All right, Dmitry Vietsky. All right. Well, that's that's all of the Russian league for now. So I think, uh dude, thank you very much. Is there, is there anything you want to add before before we cut this?
1: Uh whoo, and, hmm. no, just uh you excited to, for you want to shout out your excited. podcast? Yes, yeah. Listen to the 51 volleyball podcast. Uh it's about every week, some sometime between Friday and Monday usually, but it's there every week. Uh YouTube channels one, Five one volleyball, trying to post there more as well. But to those videos it's, it's youtube's hard effort you know it's it's a grind it's it's a very time consuming
0: it is it is very uh, time consuming it's massively
1: time consuming but, but yeah but you guys mind. everyone listening to this should join our discord if you're not in there already for some reason
0: absolutely if you're listening to this and, and you're not a part of our discord yet i mean maybe it's not for you and, and that's cool but if you like volleyball and like talking about it and like watching matches and that's a bit one biggest thing is that like I mean, you, you're like me, you, you, we watch a lot of matches, but my enjoyment of watching matches is so much higher now because I can just go to the discord and like, I give a quick reaction and there's people there reacting to me. And that's great when it's, you know, not just me watching volleyball myself because
1: you know, we all want to watch volleyball with friends. So come make some friends. Which you did for many years, <laughs> but now it's, I feel like it's turning corner a little bit. Like we're we're, it's been a, like a decade plus of me watching volleyball and like, yeah,
0: so if if you guys are tired of watching, are you tired of watching volleyball alone? Tired of cheering by yourself? Well, we have the solution for you.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's it's where it's where all the cool kids. It, we're, it's it's a bit nerdy though. So if you if you if you don't it, like that stuff, so.
0: yeah, it it is very it is very nerdy. I mean, it makes sense though because it's a basically a collection of people that we found off of Reddit. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, Everett,
1: thank you for having me, man. That was always fun as usual. Good reaction to some good matches today.
0: Yeah, dude. You too. Uh, as always, guys, go check out One uh, vb uh, Make sure to check out everything else on Volleyball Source. And uh, we will see you next time. Peace.